Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to the Mackers Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Mackers today. Evening, welcome to the Mackers Run. Jordan Canellis with you, filling in for Sam Hargraves on a Tuesday night on SEN. Good to be in your company. The lines are open. You can send us a text or give us a call at any point in the night. You can text us on 0433981116 or give us a call on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts, 1300 736 736. Coming up on the program tonight, we'll have Brent Costello from Win News Tasmania to join us in about half an hour to chat about the commission meeting that was held yesterday from the AFL and a few more uh, finer details, a few of the finer points, but another step towards the upcoming decision for the 19th bid in the uh, for an AFL licence, that one coming from Tasmania. And so Brent Costello will give us the update ahead of the vote later in the month involving the presidents. So putting all the final pieces in place together and uh, from from uh, what it sounds like anyway, and we'll get a, a closer idea from Brent later on, but it sounds like things are... I, I was a bit pessimistic about it, to be honest, from... Uh, I've, I've wanted Tasmania to be in the league. I think it'd be great. But from what we were hearing uh, from the last couple of weeks or so, I was becoming pessimistic to the view that there would be a team uh, in the league. Uh, but from uh, recent rumblings, there's a couple more presidents that are swinging in the favour of Tasmania. So for the bid rather than against it. Um, Gil McLaughlin sounds pretty confident as well. He's said that he wants to green light the bid, um, whether that's just him being genuine or him just appeasing uh, certain groups of fans at the moment, uh, who knows, but I, I think that's pretty genuine from Gill, and I think that'd be how he'd want to part ways uh, from the AFL, given his stepping down. I think that'd be a, a, an almighty uh, way to end his tenure, a swan song, so to speak. So we'll get an idea of that later on uh, in the hour from Brent Costello from Win News Tasmania. Later on in the show, we'll speak to Sam Duncan to get our weekly media analysis update from him and we'll chat a bit of EPL as well because the second week of Premier League action came to a close earlier this morning when Liverpool were held to a draw against Crystal Palace. They were down 1-0, had to equalise to rescue a point. So we'll do a little update just after the first fortnight of the season, which has already included so much drama. It's been a great way to start the Premier League season and whets the appetite for the football that we have to come in the months ahead with the A-League starting in a couple of months and the World Cup later this year as well. So there's a bit there to bite off already after just two weeks of Premier League. But that's later on. The Maccas run here for McDonald's. Try the quarter pounder bacon at Maccas today. The hot topic of the day, the main talking points, is where we start off on a Maccas run at 6pm. Uh, this Tuesday night has been, well, it's carried over really from yesterday. It's the Essendon scenario. Ben Rutten still there as the coach. Alastair Clarkson... Where does he go? And they've kind of 
melded together as it would naturally if a coaching um, a spot becomes available and Alistair Clarkson is there to take it. Obviously, those two separate topics will become one. Jared Waitley tweeted today that Clarkson informed the Giants that he doesn't want to be there next season and he's instead chosen to remain in Victoria for his next coaching venture. So it's down basically to North Melbourne and possibly Essendon that will be his home in 2023, depending on the future of Ben Rutten. As of now, he is still Essendon's coach. Where would Alistair Clarkson be best suited? And where do you think Alistair Clarkson would want to go? Where would he be leaning towards? So from the end of or mid mid to late last week, where the sentiments were that he was as good as going to North Melbourne, not not you know signed sealed delivered by any means, but was you know pretty good thing to be there. Essendon have come in as uh, sort of stumbling out of the gates, uh, sort of crash bang wallop to make this late bid. So we think anyway. As I said, Ben Rutten's still there, so I'm not going any further than, than that sort of speculation, but they, they, they'd clearly be uh, hunting around for Alastair Clarkson, as any team would. Where would he be best suited? North Melbourne. They are, they're the bigger project, right? They're, they're the bigger task that he would be uh, handed if he was to go to North Melbourne. They're starting from much further back with more issues at the club overall than what Essendon have. It's one of Clarkson's former clubs that he was a player at, so it'd be a homecoming of sorts. It'd be a you know a big welcome home, and I think replicating his idol in John Kennedy Senior, uh, his deeds of decades ago of becoming Hawthorne's greatest ever coach at the time, and then achieving glory at North Melbourne, I think would be an achievement that Alistair Clarkson would look to strive to replicate. Taking North Melbourne from the absolute bottom place in the league and striving to take them to the very top would be a goal he'd set out for himself and be hell-bent on achieving. Clarkson, he's a, he's a go-getter, he's a goal-setter, and he's he's got high ambitions and lofty ambitions more so than really any other player or coach or administrator in the league, and he'd strive mightily for that. Clarkson, we know, is likes to take control as well of not only the team he's coaching, but the operations of the club, and I think that'd be a, a big goal for him um, to uh, once again prove him, as if he needs any more proving, to be fair, but he wants to prove himself again that not only could he do it at Hawthorne, where the environment was established um, at the club in his in his tenure there, and they had such a great administrative and football department, but uh, which which then led to their three-peat and, and was the crowning glory of Clarkson's career, but to then reset North Melbourne and almost create North Melbourne in Hawthorne's image, uh, or a similar likeness anyway from not only the on-field but the off-field as well, I think would be something he'd, he'd strive mightily for. Essendon, conversely, are a bigger club, and that comes with more prestige. So Essendon play in the big games in the season. They play in the Dreamtime game at the G. They have the old-school rivalry clashes with Carlton. The old-school rivalry matches against the Hawks would be next level if Clarko was to go to the Bombers. And then imagine seeing Alastair Clarkson be one of the coaches on the day of Anzac Day. I think Clarko would get a kick out of going to Essendon, being a former Hawthorne coach as well. That that whole element would be not the not the reason why he would go, obviously, but I think he would look at that as like a little that'd be a, a pretty big bonus to you know be central to that. I think uh, I'm not I'm not saying Clarko is egotistical, but I think knowing that that was you know that would be a reason why that that rivalry would uh, would whip up again. I think he would probably not mind that. Just as a theatrical aspect, I think he's got a good sense of theatre, Alistair Clarkson. Essendon aren't starting from nearly as far back as North Melbourne, but the frenzy that would be whipped up across Melbourne and its hundreds of thousands of Bombers fans 
if they if they became great again under Alastair Clarkson would be immense. So there's two compelling cases there for Alastair Clarkson to pick from. There's North Melbourne, which you know on the outside from us looking at it would looks like an absolute basket case, and you go, oh, that sounds pretty grim going to North Melbourne, but. The achievement to go from the absolute pits, North Melbourne statistically this season have had one of the worst seasons in VFL, AFL history. And so to go from this to then what Clarko could take them to and is very capable of taking them to, I think would be, uh, you know, I don't know I don't know if it'd be his crowning glory because what he's done at Hawthorne's pretty bloody good, but it'd be... it'd be a massive achievement and one that would, you know, almost cement Clarkson as being the greatest coach of all time, maybe. And then Essendon, as I said before, all those reasons why, but the prestige that comes with it as well. There's, there's, you know, when you get to a certain point, um, when you've achieved so much already, and this isn't just, uh, you know, a character analysis of Alistair Clarkson, but this is across any sport, really. When you've achieved a lot in sport and you've got nothing else more to achieve, what do you then look to achieve beyond that? So when you've won... X amount of titles or championships or premierships across your given sport, and you've become a, uh, you know, a, a, an absolute lock for a hall of fame. What are you then looking to do after that? When you're still of an age where you can achieve, what do you look to do? It becomes legacy and prestige. And I think at Essendon, and no disrespect to North Melbourne, but at Essendon, you would you would create a much greater legacy and a much um, a much more prestigious uh, resume and career for yourself. So those are the two things that face Alastair Clarkson. So the option, this or that, if you were Alastair Clarkson or if you were advising him where to go, uh, where would he want to go? Where would the club or what would the club that would be best suited to Alastair Clarkson be? Would it be North Melbourne or would it be Essendon? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. This is all fanciful. I know Ben Rutten's still the coach at Essendon, but we are talking speculation and hypotheticals and, and fanciful things. So zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. if you'd like to get involved off the text or one three hundred twenty three. Oh, I've done it again. That's the wrong number. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I did that last week. That's the off-the-bench number on a Saturday morning. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is our actual phone number for Harcourts. Your move, your Harcourts. Let's start off with Joe in Roeville, who's a Hawthorne fan, so this might be a phone call through gritted teeth, but uh, evening to you, Joe. How's things? Hey, good day, Zipper. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You've got. Uh, I saw your text last night about Alistair Clarkson. What's your thoughts on this as a Hawthorne fan? How are Hawthorne fans feeling about this, Joe? Well, actually, I rang up to talk about Jack Gittimer, but now that we're talking about the coaching, you know me, Zipper. As a, as a Hawks diehard man, I'd hate him to see go Essendon. That would be for yeah. me. That would be the worst. That would be the worst thing. I'd love him to go back to North Melbourne, where it all started for him, but. Obviously, Essendon being Hawthorne's arch, uh, arch enemies, nah, doesn't sit well with me at all. <laughs> I gather that. I gather that. I mean, Hawthorne North Melbourne had some rivalry back in the seventies as well, so not as not as um, not as heartfelt as the Essendon rivalry, but but they had some time, they had some moments as well. But yeah, no, I understand. I, I fully get that. Where, where do you think he'd go though, if you were to pick? Where do you um, think if if I was to pick, I'd probably say Essendon. Yeah. More, yeah, more of the fact that, I mean, they're probably closer to winning a flag than what North are. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, a big Melbourne club. And maybe, you know what, maybe because they are such a big rival to Hawthorne, he might, he might want to go there. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, good point. Uh, you want to chat about Jack Inovan? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not really happy with the the crowd, how they behaved on Saturday there at the um, SEG, because mm. I know... 
this is a completely different scenario. But I remember Sydney supporters were all whinging and complaining when uh, Adam Goods and that got booed. I mean, obviously, yep. different scenarios. One was racism, one was about this. But you know what, Zippo? I reckon the game needs players like Jack um, Univan. Mm-hmm. I actually, I actually, I mean, nobody likes, unless you both for Collingwood, you, you, no one likes Collingwood, yeah? But I reckon he's actually really good for the game. I love his flair. I love the Eddie Betts baggy shorts that he wears, just the arrogance about him. Mate, I reckon the game needs people like him. So why why boo him? Why boo him? Yeah, I guess that's I guess that the booing is is part of the pantomime. So I I, I like Jack Inovan as well. I really do. I think he's great. What he brings, um, I don't think he's he's nearly as on the field. I can understand. I don't think he's off the field nearly as aggravating as some people make him out to be. I don't think he's arrogant. Uh, I think it's just that's what the, the image that people want to paint about Jack Inovan. But nonetheless, I, I still like him as a footballer and as a character in the game. The booing is the booing comes from pack mentality. When once when one person starts it and everyone thinks it's you know an okay thing to do, then everyone else gets involved. Especially when it is someone who is uh, who's sort of been created to be an antagonist like Jack Inovan. Um, so it's it's pack mentality. But if you look at it from a theatrical point of view, whether you believe it's right or wrong, it it is. It's part of the it's part of the pantomime that is around Jack Inovan, so it adds to the theatre of it. But generally speaking, as a rule, if you're booing a booing a player because you despise them for no apparent reason, uh, it's not great, is it? It's not a great look or any, you know, it's not nah. it's not really no real valid reason for it, I suppose. Yeah, well, look, look, I mean, I'm 51 years of age. Yeah, actually turning 52 next week, but I've been on a Hawthorne member for 40 years. It, right? I've been on the footy for a long time, mm-hmm. and I mean, the, the, booing is part and parcel of the game. But I reckon there's a there's a way to go about it. Like if a player changes a club, or if there's a king hit behind play, I mean, all well and good, yeah. But I mean, when it comes to like with Adam Goods and even Ginevan and all, I just reckon that's a bit over the top, personally. I reckon yeah. Yeah, the, the game the game doesn't need it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. No, no, worries, mate. I'll talk soon. We will, we will. Joe from Roville. Uh, let's go to uh, one of my favourites, Jake from Stone Mountain. Evening to you, Jake. How's things? Well, not so bad. Like, obviously, it seems that I, this whole thing with Alistair Clarkson, we got, you know, Essendon suddenly wants to jump on board. You know, the Windy Hill Windsor suddenly wants something. Well, that ain't exactly fair. You know, I don't know. I know there's nothing about being fair in this world. Everybody agrees, you know, man. Just got to jump inside a meringue pie and you might come out the other side alive. That's, you know, and that's cholesterol. There's issues there, too. But the point I'm making, man, you know, for a long time, Hawthorne. They went and stole a whole lot of uh, North Melbourne's prizes, a bit of their royalty. They got David Hale. They uh, got the other man at full back. Who was that? Uh, uh, Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson. Yeah, they went and took him. The man who had the, you know, he, he looked the, the, the nightclub beauty, people like to call him. It's a bit like Rick Martell, one of my old enemies. And uh, that's fine. You get that and you got premierships. Well, man... Maybe it's time to come back. And, of course, he had that fight over there in England when he fought at the, the Battle of Britain, you know, and uh, he roughed up Kernahan. I was happy about that. You know, everyone who don't like Kernahan was smiling that day. I know once I was a... Oh, no. Jackie, the, 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 English, the English were shocked. And, uh, you know, but I, I think I think Clarkson should go back and, you know, North Melbourne need to lift... You know, Essendon, they'll get by, man. They they got money, they got people, man. But North North needs something. I'm yeah. I'm a magpie, but you know what? I don't mind North Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, I like it, Jake. I, I'd probably lean the same way. So my personal opinion is, I probably 
I probably want to see Alistair Clarkson at North Melbourne because I think it would be great for the league. I think Essendon will be all right. So whatever Essendon fans think about their list is valid, but I think the I think Essendon are in a better position as a club anyway to go forward from here. Whereas North Melbourne are as a club they are they're much further back, and I think Clarkson would be a great great help for them. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate it. Always love speaking to you. Jared is on the road to chat about Clarko. Evening to you, Jared. Hi, how are you going? Good, good. What are your Just thoughts? On Clarko one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clarko one. Here's, here's one from left field. I, AFL throw the money at Clarkson, get him to North Melbourne. North Melbourne do a deal with Tasmania. North Melbourne move to Tasmania. Clarkson's a big advocate for Tasmania. You solve two problems. You've got an 18 team competition and you've got a team in Tasmania and Clarko to head the whole thing up. You know, Jared, I've had the exact same thought and I, I think the. That's why I've kind of, I might ask, we're going to chat about Tassie in, uh, in about 15 minutes with Brent Costello, so I might ask him that, but the the Clarkson to Tasmania move, you know, hypothetical move, I think would be one that makes a lot of sense, um, given his, you know, his and Hawthorne's, you know, pre-existing relationship with Tasmania, so he's got a presence down there, he's got a presence anywhere, to be fair, but in Tasmania specifically through Hawthorne, um, yeah, I think that that's that one, that's a scenario that ha- that I think is, you know could be realistic i know north melbourne fans would would hate the idea of of their club being moved down to tasmania but it's one that's um i think has there's several implications that could come from clarko going to north melbourne that might end up affecting tasmania whether he's um you know available for the tasmanian role or not tassie aren't going to be in the league next year that you know might be five years down the track but could be one that sort of affects the flow of things but i, I like that as a hypothetical because i've thought about that as well jared i appreciate your call uh james is also on the roads evening to you james evening mate how are you good you good i'm well i um do you think there's a little bit of, of clarko that may be a little bit salty of the way that uh he left Hawthorne after what he did for them and and sees the bombers as uh maybe the sort of the the, the second punch back at the Hawks. The get-back. Hey. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the challenge. So you were speaking about North Melbourne being the challenge, but going, hey, I'm going to get your arch rivals up and running. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. I think that's good. I think, do you reckon, yeah, do you reckon Clarko, Clarko would think that way? I think he would. Well, we've seen Clarko's history, whether it's local footy or or on the MCG, yeah. of, of how, how he approaches things. So he's a pretty volatile sort of unit. I'm a Bombers supporter. I think he'd be awesome for the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that'd be a, a little bit of uh, something in the background that might be getting him ready to go. Yeah, I think so too. I think that'd be. Um, I think he'd. I think he'd lean into that as well. Yeah, I absolutely do. <laughs> I absolutely do. Thank you, James. Well, no worries. Cheers, mate. James on the road. So keep those calls coming through. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the number for Harcourts. Your move, your Harcourts. We'll take a break here on the Macca's Run, but we'll continue this discussion and read out some of your text messages as well uh, next here on SEN. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Jordan Canellas with you, filling in for Sam Hargraves this evening. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 to, uh, to uh, give us a call for Harcourts. A couple more callers, and we'll get to your text messages too because there's been a whole heap of them. I've bookmarked uh, about I don't know, 15 to 20, so I'll uh, give you uh, give those text messages some time shortly. But the callers first. Uh, Craig is with us on the Gold Coast. Evening to you, Craig. How's things? 
Yeah, good, Jordan. How are you, mate? I'm well. What are your thoughts on Alistair Clarkson? A couple of things. I think uh, from the outside looking in, I think everyone kind of believes that Essendon's going to get him only because North Melbourne's probably been a bit of a basket case. But uh, a couple of of things in North Melbourne's favour, I reckon, are the fact that he's a long way down the road with North and I reckon North pretty much laid down to him and pretty much told him that he can have whatever he wants there. His coaching staff, his uh, senior executive, his... Uh, footy boss, that sort of thing, and I, I don't think Essendon will be quite so quick to roll over. So I think, mm. I think that's a big, a big plus for for North. Uh, also, the fact that North reportedly is supposed to give him or prepared to give him a five-year deal gives him the security he needs to to forge his own path. I saw Alistair uh, give a speech up on the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago, and he he talked about you know sacrifice and all these things, and that was the same same period of time when he was talking about uh, well when it was reported he was asking for 1.3 or something million a year I don't I don't think that's going to be the case I think he's probably he probably wants to be paid what he's worth but uh, the security of the five-year potential deal I think is going to go a long way to uh, to him ending up at north and I'm I'm not sure uh, Essendon in the situation there at the moment are, are going to be all that attractive in the long term yeah those those are some good points I don't think it's I don't think it's um I don't think I don't think Essendon would be considered the absolute favourites to get him right now, just because just because their apparent move, which isn't all that apparent yet, because Rutten's still there, but just because it's the most recent one doesn't make it the favourite. I think North Melbourne has, even in Alistair Clarkson's eyes, and even considering where North Melbourne are at at the moment, I think there's, as you said and as you outlined, I think there's a lot of compelling cases um, for Clarkson to be at North Melbourne. As I said before, my my subjective opinion is I think I think he would be. Probably, probably better at North, and North would be the front runners at the moment. So, yeah, there's certainly a lot of reasons why North would be a good option. There's there's valid reasons why either would be a good option, but I, I'm still getting the feeling, the sense that North Melbourne are the ones that are in front. Thank you for your call, Craig. Uh, more calls on the other side of this. Plenty of text messages too. And Brent Costello from Win News Tasmania with the latest on what the AFL Commission met up and spoke about yesterday. That's next on the Macca's Run. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Jordan Canella with you here on the Macca's Run, taking your calls, one 736 736 for Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts. And your text messages, 0433981116. Let's get to some of those text messages now because I've been putting those off. And we'll get to the calls in just a moment. But the text machine, James, says, asking the audience who Clarkson should coach is futile. The romance of Clarkson bringing North Melbourne from the bottom to be uh, is better for footy and society instead of the tired trope of the big clubs winning all the time, says James. Um, Anonymous says Clarkson is a winner. Uh, the list at Essendon has and is underperforming. He'll get the best out of the list and his team will develop uh, the imminent talent coming in. Big club, big opportunity, says another one. Uh, Steve says Clarko will join the ruse. He won't appreciate the treatment of Rutten and they are in dire straits. Uh, David says, I'm surprised uh, that you believe a coach makes the difference. No cattle, no finals. It'll be the same under Clarkson. Oh, I think a cl- the coach definitely makes a difference. It's not the sole difference, but there is a big... The four pillars of the club, and Matthew Lloyd raised this point yesterday on uh, on Sports Day on AW when talking about what Essendon needs to do and what parts they need to clean out, and this isn't 
um, this is a pretty sort of you know well known um, uh, I don't know just a, a not a fact but just a general sort of trope I suppose in in footy that the four pillars of a club is the president the CEO the head of the footy department and then the coach so that's you know twenty five percent of your absolute key figures at the club um, that's a pretty large share of influence that you have on a on a club and on the team. And the coach is a massive part of it. Yes, the recruiting and the football department in general, high performance, preseason, all that, it's, it's all important too. But the coach makes a massive difference, in my opinion, um, David. But I appreciate the text nonetheless. Um, if I'm Clarko and weighing up who I'm coaching, uh, if there's a deciding factor on list quality, watching Luke Davies Uniac this season makes me want to coach North, says uh, one off the text. Uh, he's been very good. I don't know if that's going to be the deciding element to a... Uh, a coaching decision, but I appreciate it. Uh, he probably will win the North Melbourne best and fairest, I think. It's either him or Simkin, but I think Davies Uniac gets it for North. Uh, are the Giants in the race for Clarkson, says another. No, well, apparently not. That's the, the news that was broken today from uh, Jared Waitley that um, Clarkson has chosen to, or has will choose to stay in Victoria and has told the Giants that he doesn't want to be there next season. Their candidate, their, their candidates are down, uh, down to um, uh, Mark McVeigh, who's there at the moment. Uh, Adam Uze or uh, Adam Kingsley. So those are the, the the three, basically, the three candidates for uh, GWS. Michael from Vermont says Alastair Clarkson would really uh, be needed uh, at North. They are in all sorts of pain. Would he really want to go to Essendon after the line in the sand game, etc.? It would be great to see him at his former club in North and try to get them back on track. Uh, Matt from Yarra Glen says, Clark out of the Bombers, let's go. North needs, all in caps, by the way, North needs uh, more than a good coach. They need miracles. That just won't happen, uh, says Matt from Yarra Glen. Uh, T-Dog from Preston Beach, WA. Hey, Geordie, I'm a Bombers supporter, and my preference would be to get Spike McVeigh, Hurdy, and Solly back to the club from the Giants. They join Carousella, and we finally get some passion back at the club. I feel we are missing that club link that carries the passion. And finally, from Slim, uh, just on Essendon, don't worry about the coaches. It's the players that are the problem. And what is the one common denominator that has seen all these players come through the door? Adrian Dodoro, says Slim off the texts. We'll get some more of those shortly. Shane is with us from Hallam on the phone lines. Evening to you, Shane. Thanks for hanging on. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What are your thoughts about Clarko? If he's such a great coach, why did he leave Hawthorne? Oh, well, he was he was taken out the door by the Hawks. They wanted a change of direction. Jeff Kennett thought that it was uh, best for the club to move past him and go to Sam Mitchell. So that was more of a, uh, a higher up decision uh, from uh, from Jeff Kennett and the Hawks. That's the reason why. And Frog is with us from Spotswood. Before we have a chat to Brent Costello, Frog, evening. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Good, thank you. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I'm just sick of um, everyone underrating the North Melbourne list. You know what I mean, like. I think it's uh, stronger than Essendon's. You think it's stronger than the Bombers? Yeah, I think so. What parts make it stronger than Essendon's? Well, we've got a lot of midfielders out. We've got Will Phillips, and we've got um, we've got a lot of uh, talent coming through for the young guys. And um, I think it's just a stronger list. We've got Uniaki, we've got Zerha, we've got um, Larky, we've got Mackay back down the back. Mm-hmm. So it's a strong. We just need that coach to bring it all together, you know. Yeah, I think there are some parts of the list that are that have the ability to be some of the most elite players in the league. I think Luke Davies Uniac can definitely be one of the most elite midfielders. I think Ben Mackay 
is not far away from already being one of the, the best defenders in the league. Cam Zerhar is a power player who just needs some good service. Those sorts of players need some decent service, and then they can go ahead and create. Um, the the youngsters, yes, I understand that there's some good youngsters there, but that's nothing more than potential right now. And Phillips is going to be a great young player, but um, he uh, hasn't, you know, he's been out with with illness uh, all year long, and there's still uh, a lot of developing need for someone like like that. But um, I, me, me personally, I'd say I'd say Essendon are probably just ahead, but I definitely don't want to denigrate North's list like some people are keen to do because I do think there is some potential there but there's still a lot more building I think for North Melbourne than, than Essendon. And we've got Jason Horn and um mm-hmm. and we've got the number one pick as well so Yeah. No there's there's definitely yeah. an up, there is an upside frog there is absolutely an upside to North Melbourne's list. Um so I appreciate your call. I'm probably and I'm not I'm not trying to down talk North Melbourne's list but I think just you look at the results of this season let alone you know, the last couple, and I think Essendon's list is, is the one that has the biggest upside. A couple of more text messages before we get to Brent Costello. Uh, Matt says Clarkson already had the uh, Collingwood and Carlton carrot dangled in front of him last year, and it didn't phase him. If coaching a big four Vic club uh, meant something to Clarkson, he would have done it last year. North should be confident, said Matt. Good point. Very good point. Uh, Sal from Roville says, I'm a Bombers supporter. I love Clarko and respect him and would love to have him. A bit worried of the Messiah-type mentality fixing everything, though, like Carlton did a few times, says Sal. Uh, and Simon uh, yeah, Simon says, Simon says, suddenly Essendon seem to be favourites to get Clarkson, but they'll still uh, but they'll still be Essendon with all their baggage and flaws. They'll have Clarkson, but all they need then is Hodge, Roughhead, Buddy, Mitchell, Cyril-type players, Dot, 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 says Simon. And finally, the last one here on Jack Inovan from our conversation earlier with uh, Joe from Roeville, who brought this point up, point up on the calls. Why boo him? It's pretty simple, isn't it? Because he plays for free kicks, and people hate it when opposition players play the game that way. Get over it and move on, says one off the text. There you go. Uh, keep them coming through, though. 0433 uh, off the text machine. Uh, it's time to talk a bit of Tasmanian football. The AFL Commission yesterday had a meeting to discuss the latest around Tasmania's 19th uh, AFL team bid. Um, the vote is coming up shortly, but yesterday the Commission met to discuss a few important topics, and Brent Costello from Win News Tasmania is all over what has been happening in the last 24 to 48 hours, and he's with us here on SEN. Good evening to you, Brent. How's things? Going well, Jordan. How are you, mate? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. What, was the, uh, what were the main agenda items at the Commission meeting yesterday? Yeah, well, obviously, Tassie was discussed uh, in pretty good detail, I'm told, but uh, obviously we don't have too much news out of the commission meeting yesterday. It sounds like Gillian McLaughlin's um, been told to go away and, and work on a, a few of the finer details by the sounds of things, and obviously the presidents are still waiting for, for this detail they can take back to their board. So we're in that little bit of a holding pattern still um, and, and waiting for, for the end of the month, and hopefully that uh, date is still on track. Yeah, maybe it might be pushed out by... A, a week or two, but certainly hearing from Premier Jeremy Rockliffe here in Tasmania today, he's still pretty adamant that uh, we'll have some sort of decision by the end of this month. What's the general sentiment from the AFL? So aside from the President, which we'll chat about in a moment, uh, Gil McLaughlin says he believes that the bid will get the go-ahead, um, the stadium as well from his point of view, but from the AFL's perspective, is there much sort of, uh, is there an ability to read it either way, that they're, they're in favour or against it? 
Yeah, it sounds like Gill's pretty much all for it, which is great news to have to see. Alan so that's the man you want to, to have on your team, uh, that's for sure. And they've obviously been working through these uh, 11 um, dot points or, or work streams. And it sounds like a lot of those have been have been ticked off and completed, really, and there's no sort of issues around that. The stadium's obviously been the, the key talking point. And um, obviously, Gillan McLaughlin made no secret in saying that uh, if we get a team, we need a new stadium uh, built here in... In Hobart, that uh, obviously um, it's the chicken and the egg sort of thing. Um, we can't really ask the federal government for for any money, I suppose, until we uh, have something uh, there to to um, say we've got a team. So it's a bit of a tricky situation, but um, yeah, it looks like everything's pointing in the right direction, which is really good. So those eleven work streams are all the uh, they're they're all sort of the main uh, logistical and, and business and administrative side of things, aren't they? From from the Tasmanian team point of view, so memberships and and uh, and TV and all the all the rest. So that all that there's no real stumbling blocks in any of those work streams. No, not not, not that we're told. No, so it's there. Yeah, things like financial and list build and and player retention and governance and things like that. But uh, I think um, yeah, I think that's all all pretty much good to go, which is, which is great news. And it really is just sort of the stadium. It's a sticking point. But I caught up with Justin Reeves, uh, the Hawthorne Footy Club CEO yesterday. He was in Hobart and. I think the president just wants some detail. Obviously, it's all a bit of hearsay at the moment. They've actually not had a sort of a document in front of them with any details on it. But uh, Hawthorne um, and Jeff Kennett have sort of seemed, seems to have differing views, I suppose. But uh, Justin Reeves said yesterday that Hawthorne's all for it if the business case stacks up. So that's really good news as well. And it sounds like a few other clubs are, are really getting behind the push now. Adelaide came out in one of John Ralph's articles uh, over the last 24 hours and said they're behind the push. So it's really starting to gain some, gain some momentum, which is really good. Yeah, Adelaide, Brisbane as well seem to be in favour too, which is great. So the president, the the the, the, the siding that the president are taking, how is that swinging? Because there was, uh, so before John Ralph's piece yesterday, it felt like a week or two weeks ago, there was three or four clubs who had come out against the bid, but more have sort of come out in favour of the bid now. So where does the general balance lie with the president's? Yeah, I think it's in a pretty good spot. Obviously, Tony Cochran, the Gold Coast Suns uh, chairman or president, has been uh, pretty against having a 19th team join the competition. Nothing against Tasmania, he says, but just having a, a 19th team and can the competition afford it? Uh, obviously, yeah, Jeff Kennett, it's, as I said a minute ago, uh, he's, we thought that he might have been against it, but Justin Reeves assured us yesterday that uh, Hawthorne is for it. Uh, I think Collingwood's no secret that uh, the Magpies might be against it, but as, uh, as far as the other teams go, I think the WA teams are for it. Sounds like... Uh, South Australian ones are on board now, and the Bulldogs in North Melbourne and Richmond, they all seem for it, and Geelong as well, I believe. So, um, it's, yeah, as I said, starting to get a bit, bit of traction, but I guess we can't be officially sure until uh, these presidents sit around the table with their board members and, and have a really good look at the detail. And hopefully that happens in the next week or two so we can have this vote um, towards the end of the month. What are the, the reservations for some of the club presidents as to why they wouldn't want a Tasmanian team? Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, um, yeah, as I said, Tony Crockett's been concerned about uh, can the can the league afford it? Um, obviously, being through COVID and things like that. But uh, I think I think it is more around the financial side of things. I think everyone would really like to see a Tasmanian team in the competition. Obviously, we're a heartland state of Australian rules football, so I don't think there's any uh, issues there. I think it's more just about how it financially stacks up. How big of a stumbling block is the the stadium deal? Yeah, as I said, it has been. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I think, um, you know, that, that was the issue, I think, from the start. We we put these pretty pictures out of the of the stadium at Regatta Point. It looked amazing. Um, and then I think the AFL saw that and they liked it. And then suddenly became part of the push. But the issue with the stadium, too, is um, Tasmania's bids had um, 
tripartisan support from all the the forms of government down here, the Greens and Labor opposition are, are right behind Tasmania's bid, but they haven't supported uh, the stadium side of it uh, because it's an extra issue, really. It was never part of the original bid. So it has been a, a big talking point, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I think once we get uh, this licence approved, hopefully the rest of it takes care of itself because we know the AFL isn't in the business of funding too much of the stadia. Um, so it's going to take uh, state government money and the state government's basically said we're only going to pay half of what it's going to, the total cost is going to be. So there's going to have to be federal money involved, some private investment probably. So that's all got to be worked through still, which will be a, a big uh, point of discussion once it comes around. Is there, a, is there an assumption or almost an obligation that this stadium must be ready by, by the hypothetical game number one by the time the Tasmanian team's ready to play? No, I don't think so. I think uh, Gill's words were that uh, he'd like to see the first sod turned on a stadium by the time the team plays its first game. So that gives a bit of uh, bit of time. Obviously, it would take uh, take a while to build a brand new stadium. And, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have said, why can't we just play out of Utah Stadium and, and Blunston Arena? It's been good enough for Hawthorne and North Melbourne for, for all of these years. But uh, I think everyone's in a grant that a new stadium... In the CBD, it would be, be magnificent. It opened up the city like it's done in Adelaide and Perth, etc. So I think that's uh, everyone's goal and that's what everyone wants to see. It's just about, about, about uh, who's paying for it and, um, and when it can get done by. And what's the significance with the, uh, the upcoming TV rights deal and the CBA that the AFL have to work through in relation to Tasmania? Yeah, look, I'm not really across all the detail on how that might work if Tasmania comes in, etc. But obviously... Uh, that's a key part of it uh, looking forward because they're, they're talking about Tassie entering in, uh, what is it, 26, 27, 28, somewhere around that mark. So obviously that uh, will come into effect during these um, new broadcast rights, I suppose, if once they get over the line. So no doubt it becomes a, a bit of a talking point. And as I said earlier, I think um, once, once those two things get ticked off, they can look at Tasmania and when the team might be able to come in and the vote itself. Uh, this one's a bit more pie in the sky. It's not not very critical at all, really, to to bringing a team in. But do you think the AFL would have liked someone like Alastair Clarkson to be the first coach of Tasmania? And and how much of an impact do you think him going to North Melbourne or Essendon or wherever he's going to go now, and not to Tassie, would that actually have on on this team? Yeah, look, no doubt it would have been fantastic to have uh, Clarko as our inaugural coach. Uh, I guess timing's the problem. He's ready to go again, isn't he? And uh, we're still probably, what, four or five years away from potentially joining the competition. So I think we all knew it was never going to uh, work out for us in that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, someone of his calibre at the time when we do come in will be magnificent uh, to, you know, to get people interested and involved straight away. And uh, obviously, Clark did a mountain of work too uh, down here on the ground, visiting people around the state uh, gathering information for this bid. So if it does get off the ground, obviously he's played a big part in that and we'll have a lot to thank him for. And the, the approximate uh, date for, for when the presidents will meet and have their vote? Yeah, look, as I said, it was always uh, the end of August or the August deadline. Um, maybe that'll push out a week or two. Now Gills had to go back and get some further information and, and while we wait for that uh, CBA and TV rights to get ticked off, but I don't think it'll be too far into September. Uh, I think Gill will want to be... Uh, you know, uh, somewhere sunbaking overseas, uh, only later in the year. So I think he'd like to get this sorted out uh, as quick as we'd like to know a result, I reckon. So, um, yeah, no, hopefully it's not too far away, John. Thank you, Brent. It's, uh, we're only just working with fine details here at the moment, but any detail is a good one for those who want the Tasmanian team to come in. So thank you very much for providing us with the latest. No, pleasure, mate. Good to talk to you again. Brent Costello with us from Win News Tasmania after the AFL Commission met yesterday and uh, more 
important details and decisions to come in the weeks ahead. This is the Macca's Run on SEN. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Welcome back to the Macca's Run. Jordan Canellis here with you. Try the quarter pound of bacon at Macca's today. What was that inflection from Gazy in the promo before? Andy Ma. Yes, he'll be back. Uh, breaking news in the AFL world at the tribunal tonight. Zane Cordy has been let off for his bump on Tanner Bruin from the weekend. So he is free to play uh, this upcoming weekend. He's, uh, the tribunal thought there was nothing to answer to or answer for. Shoulder to shoulder contacts between he and Tanner Bruin. So he has been cleared at the tribunal, free to play in their must win game against uh, the Hawks this weekend. So Zane Cordy is a free man. 1300 736 736. Your thoughts for the on the Harcourts open line for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts. Your thoughts on Zane Cordy being let off. Uh, Tanner Bruin did suffer a concussion or concussion symptoms. Um, it wasn't head uh, contact, so it was actually, uh, I mean, th- just the whiplash motion, I'm sure, was enough to, to affect Tanner Bruin. That's the reason why. But uh, when you slow it down and look at the um, look at the, the replay of it, it was uh, pure shoulder-to-shoulder contact, the bump. Uh, so that's um, part of the reason why. We'll get the full report in a moment, but that's uh, the reason why uh, Zane Cordy has been, uh, has been allowed to play. Uh, this weekend. So there you go. Zane Cordy, shoulder contact, free to play. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The other story was uh, just a few moments ago was that five AFL clubs uh, have been sanctioned for COVID breaches. So this story, uh, this is, I'll read this straight from the AFL, afl.com.au. The AFL has completed an audit into the compliance of players and football program staff at AFL clubs in this in the current AFL season related to testing and testing reporting under the COVID-19 protocols, which form part of the AFL rules. Um, it just goes through some of the, uh, some of the, the, the do's and don'ts and all that. As a result of breaching AFL rules incorporating the AFL COVID-19 protocols, the following sanctions have been applied. Club sanctions, Sydney, $100,000 fine with $50,000 to be included in the 2022 or 2023 soft cap. Uh, Collingwood, $50,000 fine with 25k to be included in the 22-23 soft cap. Richmond, $25,000 fine with 12.5k to be included in the 22 or 23 soft cap. Brisbane, reprimanded and $25,000 fully suspended fine. And St Kilda, reprimand and $25,000 fully suspended fine. So Sydney, Collingwood, Richmond, Brisbane and St Kilda uh, breaching um, club uh, or breaching COVID uh, protocols and COVID sanctions. Uh, some of the protocols and the series of non-compliance issues uh, at some clubs during the AFL season which were breached were not undertaking a rapid antigen test within the period prescribed by the protocols and or not uploading an image of the prescribed rat test with the period prescribed by the protocols and or uploading an image taken of a previous rat test uh, by that or another person. So basically, it's just got to do with rat tests, but there are fines for those clubs. Sydney, Collingwood, Richmond, Brisbane and St Kilda, the five clubs involved. So those are the two breaking stories around the AFL world uh, in footy tonight. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. if you'd like to send through a text. There were heaps more that came in on Alastair Clarkson. We'll do 
and get to those uh, shortly. Sam Duncan will be with us in the next hour to chat about the sports media landscape. We'll speak to Rob Tanner as well about the Premier League season. The first two weeks have been jam-packed, full of action. So all that and more on the way on the Sporting Capital shortly before then without bias. And also future stars later on in the program. Maccas, try the quarter pound of bacon at Maccas today. Jordan Canellis with you, filling in for Sam Hargraves on SEN this Tuesday night. Uh, we didn't do heroes and villains properly last night, so if you have any leftover heroes and villains, uh, bring those on through and we'll read out some of those too. As I said, more on the way next. Maccas run, done. Sporting Capital, up shortly. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.